Welcome, I'm Kay Dorellis, your host, and this is the Good Girl Gone Omad podcast, a go-to resource for people like yourself looking to learn more about their health and happiness through intermittent fasting in a world that's constantly telling us to do more, be more, and eat more. I'm so happy you're here. The Good Girl Gone Omad podcast has listeners from all over, and today I want to specifically give a special shout out and some love over to my listeners in Canada, the UK, and Australia. If you're in any of these areas, thank you so much for the love. But wherever you're listening right now, thank you. I really, really love your support. And if you're loving this podcast, make sure to subscribe and give it a star rating. Here's a brief message from our sponsor. Hey, do you have a great idea for a podcast and you want to share it with the world? Start making your own podcast using Anchor. I'm actually a user myself and I love it because it's free and you can make your own money. I love that I can record my own podcast without having to be a master in production. Anchor has everything you need to make your own podcast all in one place. Even if you've never done this before, it's easy. You can record, edit, and they'll even distribute your podcast everywhere like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, good girls and guys, welcome back to another episode. Today is a special one because today is dedicated to all of my ladies out there. Most of you good girl going OMAD listeners are women. I know it. I see you. I hear you. And today I want to specifically talk to you. So y'all know me, or at least I hope you do. I'm 13 episodes in so far, so you should know me by now. But if this is your very first episode and you're wondering, who is Kay Dorellis? What is a good girl gone OMAD? Why is she talking about intermittent fasting all the time? Let me kindly point you in the direction of episode two, appropriately titled, Allow Me to Introduce Myself, and episode 11, You Don't Know the Half. That's a great one too. So once you've heard those episodes, now you know me. You know I am clearly 100% pro-intermittent fasting to a point where I recommend it to anyone even if they don't want to adopt intermittent fasting as their lifestyle, they should consider taking a break from eating all the time. Our accessibility to food 24-7 is just way too normalized. I've been on this journey now since November 2017. And before I even made the decision to give intermittent fasting a try, I did a lot of hunting and gathering of information and knowledge and research and facts. And mostly all of it came from a male, a guy, a dude. So no offense. When it comes to gathering facts, I don't consider consider the gender. But the scope of intermittent fasting about women provided by women is little to none. And when you're looking for information like this and you see that it's coming from someone that looks like you and sounds like you and is made just like you, it tends to resonate a little bit more. Am I right? 
So I was doing some research and it's true. Almost all clinical studies show that both men and women experience the same benefits when fasting. But when you read most articles about intermittent fasting in women, most take the positioning that they're against women practicing intermittent fasting. Why is that? Within the same article, they glorify the benefits of intermittent fasting. They also recommend that we, we meaning women, don't practice it because it may cause complications like irregular periods, anxiety, fertility issues, sleep issues, amongst a whole lot of other cautionary side effects. So with that, I'm going to say right off the bat that I personally and absolutely am a proponent of women doing intermittent fasting. And here's why. Because the benefits are there. Obviously, I stumbled upon intermittent fasting because of my goal to lose weight. And that's a huge one. That's why a lot of people do it. But it also helps to increase your natural energy. So no more feeling tired all the time and relying on Red Bull. Uh, It'll also improve your thinking. So you'll be able to think clearly and increase your cognitive memory. And another important benefit is that it helps to balance your glucose levels. It makes you less insulin resistant. So it's helping you ward off diseases like diabetes. So these sources that are steering women away from intermittent fasting because they say things like, we shouldn't be disrupting our natural rhythm. So hold on, let me pause. If you're listening to this and within your entire history of existence, you've ever had a man within any capacity look at you and tell you that they are concerned about your natural rhythm, I want you to pause this episode right now and send me a message about that experience because I have never had a man within any capacity express any sort of concern about my natural rhythm. It's laughable. Who's to say what our natural rhythm is anyway? I for sure know that my natural rhythm is not eating six meals a day. It's not a 10-day juicing cleanse, and it's definitely not found in some fad diet cookbook of the year. However, in regards to extreme fasting methods, I will say that natural rhythm statement, it's probably true and it could be applied to anyone. But I refuse to consider that I'm messing up my hormones or something of that likeness by practicing intermittent fasting. But the key word being intermittent. If someone says to you, it'll disrupt your natural rhythm, to me, it sounds like a blanketed statement about females because no one has the answers on how exactly we should be fasting because we're women and we got a lot of variables and a lot of intricacies that really need to be factored in when researching intermittent fasting. But that can be costly. So not only are women intricate beings, but there's so many types of different fasting methods. I actually just learned of a new one today that I never heard of before. But the foundational methods are 16-8, the warrior method, OMAD, 5-2, and eat, stop, eat. I do have a freebies guide to these methods if you need it. And it can be kind of like your starter kit to intermittent fasting. Just go on my website, 
send me your email to receive it. But the majority of us intermittent fasters tend to skip breakfast, drink coffee or water, and eat our meals later in the day. The type of fasting you do entirely depends on what you can sustain and what your goals are. When it comes to women, our being is synonymous with hormones. Right or wrong, hormones play a huge role in who we are. I think Unless you had a clinical reason to pay attention to your hormones, there was a point in time when you'd equate hormones solely with your period. That's it. Or at least that was my upbringing. I wasn't taught anything about the insulin hormone and serotonin or adrenaline in the perspective of my own health. Your mood, your health, your happiness all has to do with your hormones more so than you realize. But unfortunately for us women, it's all negative right now. It's like your hormones equal your period. Like if I snapped on somebody right now, if I snapped on a guy right now, and if I just completely went off, no matter what he did or who he was, he might look at me and be like, oh, she's PMSing. (laughs) As women, I believe we are more sensitive to hormonal imbalances than a man because We are created to carry life and give birth to babies, making it extremely important to consider your health condition before deciding if you'll practice intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is a tool that you can use to help you regulate your hormones. And you need that because if one hormone is out of whack, then they all are. Let me quickly go over some hormones that you should know are inside of you and that are mostly um, impacted by intermittent fasting. Here's a brief message from our sponsor. So let's talk insulin. I've covered this big one in most of my other episodes, so I won't get too into the details here. But what I will say for all of you newbies out there is that insulin is not an injection. It's actually a hormone that your body produces. Insulin is the primary hormone to understand when intermittent fasting. It's made in the pancreas and the reason you need it is because it lowers blood sugar. That is its only function. Its key role was made to move ideally about a teaspoon of sugar a day, one teaspoon. But you know, especially if you're consuming the American diet, that we eat way more than one teaspoon a day. Anyways, intermittent fasting is recognized as the most effective way to improve your insulin resistance. And why does this matter? Well, when you eat, and depending on what you eat, So, for example, carbs, sugars, and refined grains, those foods are broken down into sugar, and your body uses it as energy. The role of insulin is to allow the sugar into your cells. It literally acts like a key to a door. Your insulin level goes up, opening up the door, letting all the sugar that you need in. But once that room is filled, or once that cell is filled, the door closes, but the excess sugar has to go somewhere. 
all that excess sugar gets stored in our body as fat. When your insulin levels go down, your fat cells release stored sugar and you can lose weight. You can only begin to lose weight if your insulin is down. So balancing your insulin levels is critical when it comes to weight loss and management. The next hormone is irisin. This is also known as your exercise hormone. It is literally released by exercising. It helps to fight against fat by turning white fat cells into brown fat cells. Did you know that not all fat is created equal? Well, I know you did, but do you know the difference between white and brown fat cells and why the brown ones are good? Well, white fat cells store energy as fat, while the brown fat cells burn energy. Irisin helps convert white fat cells to brown fat cells through heat production, i.e. working out. It facilitates the uptake of glucose, providing you with the energy that you need to keep going during your workout. It's literally fueling your muscles. Working out is a form of stress. (laughs) If you're crazy like me, you actually love working out. But the reality is working out is stressful. Honestly, intermittent fasting is stressful. But these are what I like to call healthy stresses. These are the types of stresses that are worth it. Think about it. You're running around, you're throwing your arms, you're pushing heavy weight, your heart feels like it's about to beat out of your chest, you're dripping in sweat. Like this is a really highly stressful situation. And why do we do it? Why is irisin involved? Well, all of these things are still being studied, but Basically, these hormones are communicating to your muscles that the body is in a hostile situation. And the cells that pick up on this signal that you're in distress are your fat cells. But the thing that I have to tell you, the thing that is going to like blow your mind, or at least it blew my mind, is that the signal that's going to your fat cells isn't something as if they're on the chopping block or they're being sacrificed or some sort of somber, you know, process like that. Like, no, it's the exact opposite. Your fat cells are literally made for this. They've been preparing their whole life to literally burn themselves up. So you have like you have to change how you view fat. Fat is literally the fuel and it's the most efficient one at that. So when you're cranking it out at the gym, it is literally the fat cells time to shine. And they use irisin to convert from fat storage, which are those white cells, to fat burners, which are those brown fat cells. So how do you activate irisin? You need muscle and you need to make those muscles work hard. This is why I'm really pro lifting weights. Now, I'm not saying go out there and be a bodybuilder. Ladies, but if you are shying away from picking up a heavy weight, you are like severely underserving yourself when it comes to the irisin hormone. And then there's the big one, estrogen. This is the hormone of hormones when it comes to our bodies. It's responsible for all of our lady curves, our breasts, our hips, our period, kind of everything that makes us women. 
even our bone health and cholesterol are impacted by this hormone. However, it gets such a bad rep because when it comes to mood swings, hot flashes, period problems, we don't always see this hormone in a positive light. And obviously, excess excess estrogen is a no-no as it could put you at risk for breast cancer. Exercise is probably one of the greatest ways to lower the dominance in your body. And on the flip side of that, we have testosterone. It's not only for the guys. Girls need it too. We have testosterone, but clearly not as much as a man. Its key role for us is to help our muscles grow. And it will actually help repair your muscles after you exercise. So you're stimulating this muscle during an exercise and it's effective after you exercise. So this is great for us because it's literally around activity, around us getting our bodies moving. And as a bonus, it's boosting our sex drive and reducing our belly fat. Speaking of belly fat, you may have heard of the hormone cortisol. This is referred to as the stress hormone and for good reason. It's essentially responsible for regulating changes in the body that happen in response to anxiety and tension, whether it's mental or physical. If you're listening and you're one of the ones that's feeling the pressures of today's modern life, which is basically every single one of you out there, you generally have excess cortisol circulating inside of you, which for us women shows up as abdominal fat. (laughs) The pooch, the fupa, the pudge, belly, gut, bump, Whatever word you use, this is the most dreaded part of a woman's exercise goals or body goals because it's so freaking stubborn to lose that belly fat. So we have to get our cortisol levels down, but cortisol is necessary. However, when it comes to exercise, it's been shown that high intensity exercise can actually increase your cortisol levels. So imagine you're in the gym you're beasting it out, you're giving it 110%, yet you still cannot lose that stubborn belly fat. I know what that's like. I've been there. I was you. And let me tell you, you could actually be fighting your own body thinking that you're doing the right thing. I know so many women that tell me about their experience. They're doing intermittent fasting They eat clean. They eat cleaner than I do. (laughs) They're working out like beasts, but they're so frustrated because they can't lose the weight. They can't lose the ab fat. And I always ask them, what's your stress like? And nine times out of 10, that's a huge pain point for them. Many of us women are taking on so many roles. We're wearing so many hats. We're dealing with so many personalities. We're juggling like 57 balls in the air all at the same time. And not once do we stop and pause and reflect to make sure that we have our own stress levels under control. Not once do we consider that one of those 57 balls that we're juggling in the air has to do with some some form of self-care for yourself. I know I'm talking to the masses right now when I say that 
self-care is huge and it's and it's trending right now, but don't think that it's this frou-frou lofty thing that you can't have a piece of. Self-care should absolutely be at the top of your list so you can attend to everything else. We as women have to demand the time that we need to take care of ourselves. We burn out way too easily and then we get critical of ourselves because we can't juggle everything because we just dropped the ball. I know that by you listening to this episode right now, you care enough to start to change. I know that some of you listening right now are about to rewind this part because you just missed what I said because you're juggling other things. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm literally just joking with you. But remember that I absolutely want you to never shy away from taking the rest you need, never shy away from doing things revolving self-care because it matters. It helps you lower those cortisol levels so that you can meet your goals and you can live a long life. Oh, this one, the human growth hormone, HGH. I love this one. HGH plays a plays multiple roles um, in your body, but the primary one is that it's essential for building and maintaining lean muscle mass. So why do I love this one so much? Because HGH is naturally produced when you sleep. When you work out too, but definitely when you sleep. So how cool is that? This powerhouse of a hormone is also called the hormone of youth because it helps regulate fat metabolism, ultimately changing your body, and it actually increases skin elasticity. So if you follow me, I've been doing a lot more before and after photos on my Instagram where I only show my face. And let me tell you some of the comments that I've gotten. I get I get to hear, wow, that doesn't look like you. Or Ooh, you're aging backwards. Or you look like mother and daughter. <laughs> I don't know how that works. And my favorite, my absolute favorite is, am I supposed to believe that's the same person? <laughs> if you're listening and you made any of those comments or you've seen my pictures and you probably thought the same thing, just know that it's not surgery, it's not Botox, it's not Photoshop, it's good old HGH. And all I had to do to get it was go to sleep. So when you're saying to yourself that you want to have intermittent fasting be your lifestyle, yet you're skipping out on the sleeping part, mm -mm 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 -mm. it's not going to work. Some people pride themselves on being a night owl. I used to be one of them. I know. I know what it's like. But you have to take yourself to bed. <laughs> there were nights when I would actually not work out. I wouldn't skip the gym completely and just go straight to sleep. HGH is literally shown to increase by 75% when you're sleeping. So now you see what I tell you, or you see when you read my post that I'm really about working smarter and not harder. I'm not one of those people that's going to promote beasting it out 24-7, hustle, team no sleep. That garbage is for the birds. That's old school. Like, go to sleep, make sure your body is working for you, and you don't have to work so hard. Sleeping 
is almost just as effective as working out. Oh, here's another tip for you. Insulin and HGH work like a seesaw. So when your insulin level is high, your HGH level is low and vice versa. So it's a must that we keep our insulin levels low our HGH definitely high and intermittent fasting is one of the best ways to do it. If this kind of stuff fascinates you, then definitely listen to episode number three, what goes on in your body during intermittent fasting. And obviously full cautionary disclaimer here, and I should have mentioned it earlier, You should not be practicing intermittent fasting if you're pregnant, if you're trying to conceive, nursing, if you have an autoimmune disorder or on medication or have a history of an eating disorder. And you should always, always consult with a professional medical practitioner before you make any changes to your health. So I know a lot of ladies are on the hunt for answers and you have more questions and answers. And I'm so glad that you're listening to this episode right now. But before I answer your question, a question that I always get, which is, should I be fasting? Know that fasting can be tough for some women and easier for others. Trust me, anything that you find out there that works for someone and they are raving about it, you'll also find someone that had the worst experience. There's someone out there that had probably the most amazing results while someone else is out there saying that this is the most horrible thing. That's life. But it just sucks to exist in a male-dominated world wondering, is intermittent fasting safe for me? Will I have the same results as a man? And why do I bring this up? I bring this up because we, we as women, count ourselves out to the point where we have questions upon questions, but we don't trust anybody or anything. Many women don't even trust other women. (laughs) What is that about? For example, when it comes to weight loss, we'll say things like, oh, that's not real. She never had kids, so of course her stomach looks flat. Or she only had one kid, so it was easier for her to lose the weight. She she has more time dedicated to losing weight. She she cooks every day. So, of course, her diet helped her lose weight. Like, these are the things that I've heard. And we just tend to discredit other women. So it makes sense that innately we tend to seek information from a man because we perceive his results to be more authentic while we deem our results, results from women, to be purely situational. You know, the whole like, if she did that, it was only because of this type of thing, which I cannot stand. (laughs) Some women are just funny. Some women are just funny acting. And I don't like to fool with any of them. So anyway, let's move on. So ladies, if you're out there and you're listening and you're wondering and you're concerned if fasting is something that you can do or should be doing, and specifically if you want it to be a part of your new lifestyle, I have four things that I want to tell you, four quick things that'll maybe help you decide to do intermittent fasting or help you stay on course. 
Tip number one, me. Okay, so I know you know that was coming, but seriously, what do you think I'm here for? Use me as an example to feel the confidence you need to say, yes, I can do this. I started Good Girl Gone OMAD because I love intermittent fasting and wanted to help spread the word, but also to show others that I'm just like you. And in some situations, you are actually better off than me. You too could be a Black woman from Atlanta by way of Chicago that loves pizza, loses weight, and regains your health through intermittent fasting. Number two, consider a hybrid approach. I meet a lot of women that want to start out doing OMAD on their first day, and I just die a little on the inside. While that's admirable and ambitious that you want to do that, I often advise people to rethink it. I think the perception is that the longer you fast, the better the results. And while that does make a lot of sense, that's not the only way that it works. The before and after pictures that I post on Instagram on Transformation Tuesdays are mostly from doing 16-8. Occasionally, I'll do Warrior and, of course, OMAD, but I didn't place that type of pressure on myself in the beginning to go that long without eating because I knew that I would definitely fail. So till this day, I go back and forth between 16-8, Warrior, and OMAD. Whatever fits my mood, whatever fits my schedule, whatever keeps me consistent, I am consistently inconsistent. And that's why I think I get the results that I've gotten. Many people out there may not agree, but I'm not here to do things perfectly according to some unspoken standard. I'm here to help you understand that there is no standard. Anyway, next is tip number three. Pay close attention. The question that I get all the time, and it's actually very funny to me, ladies will ask me, when will I see results? And I'm always thinking, results of what? (laughs) On day one, your body will start responding. And if it doesn't, call me. Because on day one, you will feel your stomach rumbling. You will have headaches. You might even snap on somebody because you're hangry. And guess what? Your body will continue to respond to whatever you decide to do. Pay attention to that and don't be afraid to adjust when necessary. Everyone's tolerance level is different and it's okay to change and modify your eating based on how you feel. For example, I know y'all are going to think I'm weird when I say some of these things, but I'm hungry all the time. (laughs) I'm just naturally greedy. But Intermittent fasting has taught me not to give in to thoughts of hunger all the time. However, when I am well into my fast and I feel hunger pains, it actually doesn't bother me at all. I actually see it as a sign that my body is responding to it. And I play a little game with myself to see how long I can ride out these hunger pains well past my eating window. That's kind of how I got to um, transition into Warrior and OMAD. I also have phases where I'm extremely tired, like extremely tired, not nap tired, but get in the bed at 930 type of tired. And even though I'm tired, I will continue to fast, but I don't work out. Like you will not find me working out at all because I never push myself through any low energy feeling. 
I see that feeling as a sign that my body is craving rest. You know, some of those hormones that we talked about earlier and I adjust. There is someone out there that may do the exact exact opposite. They may tell you to, to go all in, team no sleep. But it's very important to pay attention to what your body is doing. Push when you want to and pull back when you have to. And since I'm in the mood for oversharing a little bit in this episode, <laughs> another little fun weirdness about me before we move on is that I actually look forward to being cold. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to episode number 10 titled Top 7 Unspoken Effects of Intermittent Fasting. So I honestly hate being cold because I'm from Chicago. I'm over being cold, but I appreciate that cold sensation as just another sign that my body is reacting to a fasted state. I know it's crazy. Don't judge me. But if you've been doing intermittent fasting for a while, let me know if there are any weird things that you actually look forward to. Send me a message. Okay, number four, eat. I can't stress this enough. Eat your food. Eat. Eat food. If you want to make sure that you don't throw your body out of whack, you need to be eating. Now, far be it from me to tell you to hit a certain caloric goal or eat at a caloric deficit because I don't prescribe to any of those theories. You're listening to the girl that tossed her Fitbit and deleted the MyFitnessPal app. The same girl that has platinum status at Chick-fil-A. Because numbers to me aren't nearly as important as feelings and sensations. But the reality is eating provides your body with building blocks of vitamins, nutrients, minerals, fuel, and simply sometimes just feel good type of food to help you sustain. And before you say it, because I can almost bet you $20 that my intermittent fasting veterans out there are going to mention that they don't even feel hungry once it's time to eat. Like, especially if you do OMAD, you would be shocked. So if you're a 16-8 or if you practice a 16-8 method out there and have never done OMAD, you would actually be surprised. Um, you do not have to fear that you would be hangry. Initially, it might happen. But the longer you fast, the quicker it is to feel full. And so sometimes when you practice OMAD, it's actually harder to eat, at least for me. My perspective is OMAD days, sometimes the warrior days, feels like my eyes are bigger than my stomach. And it's so funny because I recently posted on my Instagram just the other day that I was upset. Like I was mad because I fasted for 23 hours, 2 p.m. one day all the way to 2 p.m. the next day, only to order my Chick-fil-A. And I felt full after just eating nine French fries. Like, <laughs> does this happen to you? Does this happen to anybody else? On my old man days, it's literally impossible to eat a lot. And in theory, you know that you haven't eaten for 23 hours. So, of course, you want to order the whole left side of the menu but a couple bites in and you feel full. So <laughs> I say all that to say, eat your food. Don't let some theories dictate what you eat. Eat when you're hungry. Don't eat when you're not. Like that is the purpose of fasting. Fasting is not a diet. It is a way of life. It is a way of eating. 
And lastly, join a family. Man, oh man, if I could start this whole intermittent fasting journey over, which I won't, but the one thing that I would do is I'd surround myself with a group of people that are supportive. Let me say that again, supportive. It could be nerve-wracking and downright lonely to try intermittent fasting alone, but you're not alone. You know that. You have me, and there's some awesome groups on Facebook to join and be a part of. That's why I'm excited to announce the Good Girl Gone OMAD group is now on Facebook. So pause this episode right now. Go and search Good Girl Gone OMAD and join. Okay, listen, because this is very important to the newbies. I started this Facebook group for two reasons, really. One being that I get messages from Good Girl Gone OMAD listeners all the time about how how intermittent fasting has changed their life. And I want you, all of you out there, to be able to share your stories. Yes, you're listening to my podcast, but this is more about you than it is about me. And in the group, we'll be able to share those experiences and really interact and learn from each other. Secondarily, and this is probably the biggest driver, those Facebook groups with members in the five and six figures, just lots of people that are joining, can have you feeling a little lost. I belong to a couple of those groups and I actually get lost and I'm not new to this. So being in those larger groups can quickly become a very impersonal experience. Everybody's posting pictures. Nobody's answering your your question. And frankly, some people can be flat out rude. I've, you know, disregarded a lot of groups because they just are flat out rude. And besides that, your timeline is already flooded with with posts and pictures from family and friends. And now you got to cipher through, you know, all all these posts that, you know, hit your timeline while you took a quick, quick lunch or a quick break, you want to find the good stuff and you want to find it quickly. So sometimes those larger groups are not the most efficient environment, depending on how you like to engage and what you want to learn. So go to Facebook and search for Good Girl Gone OMAD to be added to the group. So let me leave you with this truism. Both men and women will benefit from intermittent fasting. And for my taste, not enough research has been conducted on female humans to conclude whether intermittent fasting is good for us. But can't you say that about most dietaries? The key to making this way of life work for you is to listen to your body and constantly Adopt the mindset that you are and you are going to be the master of your own health because I can't think of anything else worth getting good at, and that's your health. So that's it for today's show. I'm so glad you're taking charge of your health. And listen, I know that when I do these episodes like this, I'm using terms that, frankly, even I haven't spoken since sixth grade biology class. But when I think about longevity and I think about my family, you kind of have to ask yourself, what's really important? Yes, it's important that you make a living and you support yourself. Being good at what you do and passionate about what you do is very important. But you want to know what else is important? Knowing what a pancreas is 
and knowing how your kidneys operate and understanding what impacts cognitive functions. Listen, you know that I love all of you guys out there. I think you all are such beautiful souls, but we are nothing without this shell of a body. And it should be your mission in life to know it and to nourish it and to take care of it because it's valuable. And if no one has told you today, I want you to know, I'm saying this to you, that you are valuable and you are worth it. Just by listening to this podcast, you've gained so much knowledge to make better decisions for yourself. So until next time, my good people, bye for now. If you like this episode, join me on Instagram and in the new Facebook group by searching Good Girl Gone OMAD and let me know what's your favorite part from today. I love to hear what you guys think about the show. Did you laugh? Did you cry? Does this make you think any differently about fasting for women? Or are you like me where you have some sort of intermittent fasting weirdism like being cold? If you do, share it with me, leave a comment and send me a message just so I know that I'm not alone. And while you're at it, if you're loving this podcast, please give it a five-star rating and subscribe. That's like donating a million dollars in the podcast world. Till the next episode, bye for now.